0: Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Like when things go horribly wrong, it can ruin your whole day. I remember a little while ago, um, we were fundraising for youth camp, and Vanessa's always the one that does the bake sale cook the bake sale cooking for us at home. Like because she's an incredible baker, she can bake everything from from uh, brownies to tiramisu, you don't really bake tiramisu, she makes an amazing ricotta cheesecake, baked ricotta cheesecake, like threatening Puppers ricotta cheesecake, if I dare say it, I love, if you've never been to Papa's in uh, Five Dock or Haverfield, oh, amazing cheesecake, you got to get yourself some cheesecake, I'm losing myself, what am I doing, alright, we're, t- we're talking if you've, ever, if you've ever cooked something it has gone horribly wrong, it can, it can just kind of ruin your day and it can stuff you up, it can shake you up. A little while ago, we had a bake sale for youth camp fundraising and Vanessa couldn't, um, sorry, I preached this morning about my OCD and I'm hearing a buzz. <laughs> can, someone, can someone fix that buzz? I'm not sure if anyone knows how to fix the buzz, but if that gets fixed eventually, I'll be very happy. All right, and there. Yeah, oh, praise the Lord. Can we get an Amen. Amen. Um, all right, let's, let's hurry up, Leon. What are you doing? <laughs> Rambling. And um, so I was cooking. Uh, Vanessa's usually the one that cooks. And, and here's the thing. Vanessa had a thing on. She had to go out. And she's like, Leon, if you can bake a brownie, it's, it would, that would be incredibly helpful. I'm like, sure, I can do that. I want to be a loving husband. I'm going to serve. I'm going to lay down my life and do what I can. Um, just like Christ would love the church. He'd make us brownies. And so... I'm thinking it's got to be super straightforward, you know, you just look at the box, you follow the recipe, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so I'm following the recipe. Who's a, a recipe follower? Uh, we got some rebels in the room, I think, some non-recipe followers. I'm, I'm mixing up the thing and I'm doing it and I pour it into, Vanessa said, um, we've, we've got these green trays that we, uh, we could make brownies with. And so I poured it into, she said, make sure you pour it into the green tray. Um, it's like a baking tray, and so I poured it in, and I went, and I baked it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm waiting for it to rise, and I'm like, I can't wait. These, these brownies are going to smell incredible. I'm going to make sure not to overcook them or overdo them so they remain slightly soft and moist in them, and so I just keep them in the oven, and, and like five minutes goes by, 10 minutes goes by, 15 minutes go by, and, and the brownies aren't rising, and I'm like, what's going on? Why are the brownies not rising? I'm kind of freaking out, and so I'm leaving them in the oven because I thought if I leave them in the oven for long enough... I mean, I'm scared at this point. I don't want them to overcook. But if they leave them in there for long enough, I'm sure they'll rise. Anyway, about 30, 40 minutes later, I take them out of the oven, and they're crisp as biscuits. And, I mean, this is the way a guy works versus the way that a girl works. We have three different green trays. We have a little, like a little sauce serving tray, size green tray. We have a brownie, well, I, I didn't know it was a brownie size tin tray. And we got like a lasagna-sized green tin tray. And so I pour in the batter, and it's like this thin layer on the bottom of the tray. And then we had to, I don't even know what we did. We probably bought Cole's cookies or something like that, because we we failed our portion of bringing something um, to, to the bake sale. So sorry, this is just my way of apologizing to movement youth. So I'm sorry. Now, this story has a point. Sometimes we do things in life, and we, and we do our best, and we plan things, and things just go wrong. Sometimes, sometimes things don't go to plan. Uh, four years ago, me and my wife, we, we saved our butts off, and four years ago, we put down a deposit on a property in Blacktown. It was really exciting, so amazing. Four years ago, and uh, we're thinking, let's get ahead. Let's get into the market. You know, God has told us to be good stewards, so let's do it. And we did it. The whole world's telling us it's impossible. You can't do it. Young people can't do it, blah, blah, blah. We did it, so we can prove that wrong. But here's the thing. Two years go on, and it was, it was scheduled to finish in 2017. We put a deposit down in 2015. Two years go on. 2017 comes and goes, and the foundation's still getting done. Like They're still digging and we're thinking, what the heck is going on? It's, it's an off-the-plan property. And um, in that time, four, I mean, four years later, this is four years later, they're still going. They're still going. Now, they're pretty much there. And uh, our sunset clause, our extended sunset clause is December 1st. So they either got to finish it by then or we get our money back. So we're not sure what's going to happen. But here's the thing, right? Four years later, they're still going, and it's testing our patience, and we end up in this granny flat. Now, I'm not trying to complain and have a non-praise-filled heart. Hear me out. He- hear me out. I just want to be real with you guys. Four years later, right, I mean, we, we had planned, we-, we moved in to a little granny flat, right? A small little granny flat to live within our means, And we were hoping that the apartment would be done in 2017 and we'd be ready to move in. And so we rented this little granny flat, hoping to stay in there for three to six months. Now, this granny flat has a whole load of problems. It's got a leaking shower. It's got broken mesh doors. So the moths and the bugs and the cockroaches love to help themselves inside. Anybody else got a house like this? I don't know. Super squishy living area. We share uh, share a half-sized open wardrobe between the both of us and an assortment of other issues. Now, what was planned to be a three-month period of doing it tough and rough was extended to two years in this place. When things, go, <laughs> when things don't go as you'd expect them to go, it's very easy to get shaken. It's very easy for, your, for the patients to get tested, for, for tension to be heightened. If my foundation was shaken in this moment. Now, at times, it tested me and Vanessa's patience and tension got pretty high. And for a while, I was trying to contact the real estate agent and and I'm emailing and and I'm I'm just getting no response and and I'm calling, no response. And then eventually, I write like a non-Christian email. (laughs) I write a non-Christian email and I'm like, are you serious? How dare you? This is a violation. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, and I go on and on and on, and and, and I thought I read it. I, I wrote that email, and it turns out this person is a Christian who knows my parents yeah. and knows this church. Now, it's super awkward and in that moment I've been caught off guard. My foundation was shaken when my plans buy a house didn't go according to plan. And sometimes what happens is when if 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 we've built our life on something and we're not expecting it to move around and it shakes us, people can notice it. We start to give off bad vibes and and, 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 and this happens every day, right? There are, there are things that shake us every day. Maybe you've just left church. Tonight you leave church, you head off to dinner, and there's a waiter, and he's about to take your order, and he's just super slow, and he's just, he's just not nice at all, and you're hungry. And the poor, poor hospitality people, they're, the poor hospitality people have to deal with hangry people all the time. Have you ever thought about the flaw of hospitality? Hungry people are coming to be served, <laughs> So by default, they're already angry, (laughs) or coffee people. They're coming to get a coffee from you because they haven't had their coffee hit yet. So you're dealing with issues anyway. You go in, you're angry, and this person's just way too slow and starts to test your patience. Or you're driving home tonight, someone cuts you off, and you're ready to flip them something. I don't know. I don't know what sort of a Christian you are. It's not me, I've never done it. But I'm just saying, I know people with that fish sticker on the back of their car that still drive a little bit interestingly. Now, if you notice that when things go wrong in life, um, that you get shaky, then I want to challenge you tonight. Check your foundation. Why don't you shake the person next to you and say, check your foundation. This was for you tonight. Check your foundation. Tonight we're reading from Matthew chapter 7. If you can turn to Matthew chapter 7. We're, uh, we're, we're still from this morning. We're continuing on in Jesus' uh, Beatitudes. He's ending his sermon here. In Matthew chapter 7, it's beautiful, beautiful scripture, verse 24 to 27. I'm going to read it out to you. Listen up. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. I think I wrote there on. Yeah. Yes, it's supposed to be the wise and foolish builders. Oh, I'm in John. I'm like, what's my Bible telling me? All right, Matthew chapter 7. Sorry, guys. The Holy Spirit's on me right now. I promise. I promise that's why I'm a bit weird. Okay, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, whatever weather you could imagine, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. Everybody say foolish. Foolish. A foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Here's a simple but profound thought, right? Uh, often when we read this scripture, it's easy to just kind of, you correlate, you're correlating the sand with a certain thing and the rock with a certain thing. So usually we're like, you know what, building my life on the sand is to build it on worldly things, um, building it on bad things, and building it on the rock is building it on God. Let's make sure we build it on God. I want to challenge that thought tonight and say that building your house on the sand is frankly just building your life on anything else other than God's word. Now there are good things, let me, let me clearly start and explain it. There are things, good things that God has intended for each of us. He's intended for us, for some of us to have a family. He's intended us to be in relationships. He's intended us to be in a great church. He's intended us to be financially secure. But if those good things become your foundation, then when the seasons come and go, you can be shaken. Amen? So it's not just the bad things. It's not just, hey, make sure you don't build your life on, you know, a celebrity or fame. Make sure you don't build your life on, you know, lust of the flesh, all of that. It's, there's actually good things that God wants for us and he believes for us, but that we can subconsciously start building our lives on. And when, when those things don't come to pass, we get shaken. And so my, my message tonight, um, albeit short, will be on challenging you. Um, To this, with this question, what are you building on? So the title of my message tonight is "What Are You Building On?" If you're writing notes, what are you building on? And I'm putting this question to you. I want to give you a small list of common false foundations that we build on, uh, that we mistake for being the rock most of the time. Um, Number one, everybody say number one. This is a bit of an edgy one. A good church. A good church. The church is not your foundation. The church is built on the foundation, but it is not the foundation. So when things go wrong in the church, you better not be shaken. You got no one else to blame but yourself. And this is harsh. I'm saying it to myself. We got no one else to blame but ourselves. The church is not our foundation. Now, when you walk into a really nice house, you, you, you don't walk in, it's aesthetically pleasing. I, I mean, I, I'm such an appreciator of design. I'm a designer and I walk in and I look in, and I'm like, wow, I love the Scandinavian design of this place. I love the open plan living or whatever. And, um, and I walk in, I'm like, this is beautiful. No one walks into a house and admires the foundation. No one's like, oh, great foundation. Good job with your foundation. Even though the foundation is is what's keeping up the whole house, right? No one walks in admiring the foundation. The whole thing would not be standing if it weren't for the foundation. Crazy thing is, Jesus loves to show off his bride, the church. People will see his church, and his church will be risen up. It will be beautiful, glorious to see. But, but, everybody say but. But he remains to be the foundation. Our beauty and our power is actually credit to the foundation of Christ, and when we, when we step aside from that fact and when we become, we have this obsessive culture over the church, when we, when we rely on what the church is going to give to us, I mean, I'll be honest, um, I mean, I've, I've been off coffee for a little while, but I used to come in here an absolute coffee addict and I would walk in here and if I did not, if I forgot to order my long black, if I forget to order it in time, I notice that it's not just my foundation that's shaking, but my hands start shaking from caffeine withdrawals. And my fist starts shaking at God. God, why would you do this? And things start to fall apart because it's like I needed my coffee at the perfect time. Um, Maybe for you, if you've started counting or building your foundation on coming to church for the perfect message or a good worship set. I mean, we're, we're, we're blessed. Tonight was an amazing worship set. But if you come in and I'm on the keys and I can't sing as high as Caitlin can. I hope you're not counting on me to sing as high as Caitlin can and building our foundation on that. Some, you, if you're counting on someone to stand you up publicly and prophesy over you tonight, if, you're, if your foundation is built on having a super cool connect group that is available locally right to your specific needs, if your foundation is built on whatever else you think constitutes a perfect church, then you will have a problem. What if none of that happens? Where are you going to be at? It's a weak foundation. We are imperfect people being made perfect. We're also perfect, but that's the beautiful thing of the paradox of gospel. Jesus got to the point wherever wherever Jesus got to the point where wherever he was, every one of his dearly beloved disciples um, deserted and denied him at the end. When when he was going to the cross, he got to the point where every one of his dearly beloved disciples deserted and denied him, and all he had was his relationship with God. Even Jesus was deserted. He had set up this incredible team, disciples that had walked with him for three years. And then when it counted the most, when it counted the most, his disciples deserted him. And, uh, but we can see that Jesus was unshaken because he meets up with the disciples after. He's not ringing Peter's ear. He's reinstating them. He's cooking them fish on the beach. He's a loving God. Now, I'm shaken when I don't get my coffee or when they forget to play my favorite song, Good Grace. Um, <laughs> if, <laughs> it is... Listen, it is God's will, it is God's will for us to have all these good things. It's it's His will for us to be in a great church, in a healthy church, to receive prophetic words, being a good connect group, great friends and leaders, but not for them to be the foundation. Do a foundation check. Have you you gone to the place where it's like, you know what, when I hear those great words, I'm feeling much better. When When I get to Sunday, Cliff challenged us last week and he said, we need to stop thinking of Sunday as the halfway match. Or the, the halftime break or whatever he, the, the wording is. Um, a, a little while ago, we said goodbye to some uh, incredible pastors in the life of our church, Nathan and Leah Tillett, the Tillett family. And um, we said goodbye to them. And it was sad because they were leaving and they were close friends. And when you have to say goodbyes, it's sad and it can, and it can shake you. But growing up, for me, the last uh, 26 years in this church, I've said goodbye to so many people, so many best friends and I've had to welcome in with open arms so many new best friends and new family. And, and all those times, each, each time that it can, it can get so hard and it grips your emotions, it can be heartbreaking to say goodbye to friends as a child that I've known virtually my whole life. But the question is this, are the people that I get to and love to do church life with my foundation? Are the people around me my foundation? Are they the determining factor of where God has placed me and what God is saying over me? Or have I settled what God wants for me? Is it built on his word? Have I settled that even if friends left, fell away, I'm doing this and I'm planted in church because it's what God wants of me. Isaiah 40 verse 6 and verse 8 say this. All people are like grass and all their faithfulness are like the flowers of the field. Beautiful. But the grass, the grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of our God will stand forever. This is a timeless truth. You're going to go in and out of season through with people that are human that are going to be there for you and also let you down. They're going to be the best of friends and the worst of enemies at times. But God, his word will stand forever. Which brings us to our next false foundation, healthy relationships. Everybody say healthy relationships. Healthy relationships. Healthy relationships are important. Um, they can help ease the load, they can ensure you are feeling loved and valued, and they can be a sense of security in lonely or hard times. God has given us healthy relationships and he wants them for us. Um, let, let me tell you a story. I, you guys know what the trust fall is, right? Guys, does no one know? it? Vanessa, can you stand up? I'm gonna drop off stage and... No, nah, I'm not gonna do it. The trust fall, the trust fall is an experiment that you do between two people, and it's to, to test people's trust and so I'd have someone behind me, and I would fall back, and they would catch me, and it'd be just a fall of faith. Um, trustful. A little while ago, um, or a long time ago, the first time someone preached in this church when mom and dad were away, this is like 20, 30 years ago, whatever it was, um, the preacher had a sermon illustration lined up where he wanted to do a trustful, and so he got someone up, he put them on a chair, and they were standing up in front of everyone, and he's preaching, He said, okay, stand up there, we're going to do a trustful. He starts to preach, and then... That person, without any cue, begins to fall backwards, and the preacher's over here completely oblivious, and he trusted the whole way, (laughs) and he hit his head on the floor, and he had to go to the ambulance, and church was canceled that day. (laughs) He was fine. He's okay, but um, church was done. Now, people will be there for you, and God has given people to you, but we aren't promised that they're reliable. And we are never called to build our foundation on others. We spoke this morning that the the world is filled with variables. And every single human here in this room is a variable. If Robbie wanted to jump up on his seat and start dancing and yelling out, he could. He's a variable. I can't control him. (laughs) I can't control him. The only variable I can control is myself. And even I'm a variable. But you know what? In the world of variables, there is one constant, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never change. He is ever faithful, and he's the only one worth building our foundation on. Heaven knows that if Vanessa and I get into a fight, my boxing gloves are up, ding, ding, I'm ready to fight, and when I'm weak, he's strong, but when I'm weak, I'm not thinking Christ-mindedly, and um, and I get annoyed, and and I'm not, you know, guarding my heart. Um, It feels like the rest of the night is gone once we've started getting on each other's nerves, right? Feels like the rest of the night is gone. Feeling discouraged, angry, unchristian. If my supply is what Vanessa can give to me, then I've just run dry because she's closed the channel. But God has not commissioned us to rely on the people around us to be our source. But when built on Jesus, I should not be shaken. He becomes my source when he is my foundation and I can keep pouring out mercy and grace to people that hurt me even when I haven't received the love I desire from those I love. When, when, when I haven't received love from the people around me that I, I care about the most. Vanessa loves me all the time. I, I always sound like I'm painting a really terrible picture at home. But I just want to be real. Um, I love you, Vanessa. <laughs> but even when I don't get what I need from this world, I've got a, a much firmer foundation. I go, I go to the Father and I say, God, it's you. It's you who gives me love. It's you who enables me. The Bible says that we love because he first loved us. My revelation of love doesn't come just from the people around me, but the foundation of my revelation of love comes From a good father who's timeless, who is faithful, who has never failed, who is with me every moment. He was with me before I was even saved. In every moment, you designed me in my mother's womb. You're a part of my story from beginning to end and you will never leave me. Jesus said to the very end of the age, I will be with you. I will never forsake you. The Lord had to forsake Jesus so he would never forsake us. Jesus took on the greatest the greatest penalty of sin, which was to be forsaken by our Heavenly Father so that we would, no matter in what circumstance, in what sin, be ever forsaken by our God. Are you struggling through life because you haven't met your perfect other half or you're feeling shaken in peace or joy because your partner broke up with you or you're waiting to find a friend to encourage you to feel blessed today? You need someone to say, hey, you're doing an amazing job. And I love that. This morning, I had some people encourage me and say, hey, good word, good preaching, And I need to get to the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go hide and make sure I don't get any encouragement to test my heart and make sure I'm not just doing this because I can get encouragement from other people. If none of that happens, where are you going to be at? When it dries up, weak foundation. Proverbs 18 verse 24 says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Jesus. Number three. This is, it. I'll just, I'll run through some of these because I wanna give you, I can give you five. Let me just get you, I was, I was actually wrote about a list of 10. I was writing a list of 10 and I thought, becoming too much like my dad. Third one, healthy bodies. Everybody say healthy bodies. Healthy bodies. Healthy bodies can actually be a, a stumbling block if, if it becomes our foundation. Now, once again, God's design is for us to have healthy bodies. It's a part of our freedom. It's part of our kingdom inheritance. And, um, but here's the thing: when things don't go according to plan, where are you at? Now, a couple of weeks ago, about a month and a bit ago, um, the doc I had, I had to go in for some scans for some stuff, and they found a cyst in my back. And they had to cut this cyst out. It was massive. I had a hole about that big in my back. Disgusting. I could show you photos, but I will spare you. Um, <laughs> it's very disgusting, and you don't want to see my hairy back. So, um, it's very disgusting. Anyway, it was very painful. It was very painful. Sorry, I'm sorry, Vanessa. The system of back was painful, but here's the thing, right? The the weeks um, of recovery over that was a real test of my character and where my foundation was because I was so short fused. And Vanessa's like, "Who is this Leon? Like, who are you?" Every I had so much pain going in my back, and if Vanessa ever asked the question or she came home, I'm just like, "Vanessa, shush! Like, let me learn. What's for, what's for food?" Like, I was I was just I was really aggravated. And you know what? In that pain, I wasn't producing Jesus. Um, Todd White says something really cool. He says that when you squeeze an orange, what should come out? Orange juice. When you squeeze a lemon, what should come out? Lemon juice. If you squeeze an orange and lemon juice comes out, it's a bit weird, a bit warped, a bit perverted. When you squeeze a Christian, what should come out? Christian juice. Christian juice? (laughs) When you squeeze a Christian, Jesus should come out. Jesus should be at the center of all things. Hey, when I was getting squeezed in this moment, when my back wasn't feeling great, when I was feeling a bit sick and not well, man, I was, I was on the edge of just losing it, and I was getting really upset, and I just I had to make sure I was by myself at times because I'm like, man, this is not me. Um, I don't know about you guys, but normally, most people, even Christians, hopefully this isn't our revelation forever, but we get sick. When we're sick, we tend to be snappy, and entitled to that attitude. You're like, no, 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 I'm sick. I'm sick, it's okay. And I tell it to Vanessa all the time. Whenever Vanessa's sick and she's, she's got an attitude, she's like, Leon, I'm sick, I'm not feeling well. And I'm like, no, Jesus said. <laughs> and then the next week, I'm sick. And I'm like, Vanessa, leave me alone. And she's like, Leon, you just told me last week. And um, anyway, one Timothy, If you notice that you get snappy when you're sick or unwell, maybe you've built a part of your life on good health. Um, 1 Timothy 4 verse 8 says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and the life to come. There was a time a little while ago where I trained twice a day for two weeks straight in an effort to lose weight, and I didn't lose a single kilo. And I was so disheartened. And, 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 and And that can dishearten me to the point of like, I lose motivation, I become inconsistent, I stop training. But... If, if I'm a person that's it's built on on the foundation of, of God and what He says, I know that, you know what, my body's a temple. I'm going to become a healthy person regardless of the, the, the fruit that I see because it's it's something that I do based on the conviction that I have through Jesus. It's not just a thing that I do because I need to see a result or a fruit. And that keeps us consistent. Amen. When you start counting on... Um, it, yeah, when you start counting on or building your foundations on feeling healthy or getting in shape or how good your skin is looking, this is something I struggled with in high school, um, if none of that happens, where are you going to be at? Because that's a weak foundation. Once again, we all get wrinkly someday, well, unless there's a, a crazy amount of glory on you. Um, don't bet your money on a good body. Go all in on what's eternal and on what lasts. Amen. Fourth one, let's get through them, financial stability. Everybody say finances and put your, put your hands out like this, finances. This is like building your, your foundation on God, providing a job, good money, things going right, work opportunities, sorting out your mortgage and your house. I shared at the beginning of um, the message that we put a deposit down on something four years ago and it's, been, it's two years delayed. Um, now, the beautiful thing about God is that he... It's his word that is our foundation, and his word can provide peace and clarity in a crazy time, right? It's been so it was discouraging, and and it was it was it was a stretching. It can be. It was a bit of a stretching time, but you know what? Four years ago, just as we had put a deposit down, it's funny that uh, Caitlin and Aiden are here tonight. But about four years ago, um, some of the guys from GGC went to a ministry called um, Sydney House of Prayer, and when we went there. we were getting some prophetic words from the team there. Caitlin was one of the team members there. She was a leader there. And she gave me a prophetic word. I've still got it recorded on my phone to this day. And the prophetic word was, foxes have dens, rabbits have holes, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And she said, God wants to say to you that the size of your ministry will not be represented by what you have or where you live says that God wants to expand your ministry and there's bigness on your life and it's not gonna be limited by where you're living and what you own and all of this. And I'm, I'm hearing this word, I recorded it anyway and I'm hearing this word and I'm not trying to be me and Caitlin. I mean, it's humbling to me. I'm hearing this word, I'm like, eh, wrong, flush. I just bought a house. I'm beating the, most, like, I'm beating the majority of my generation. I'm putting a deposit down. And, and me in my, my pride missed out on what God was helping me with. He was like, hey, check your foundation in this moment. You know, have you settled your foundation in the housing market of Australia, which goes up and down, to and fro all the time, or are you settled in what I've got for you? You know, and that's, that's, had, to, that's had to be a big thing that I check um, through the years. So when you start counting on and building your foundation on having enough money for a holiday, paying bills down on time, getting into the perfect school, buying or paying off a house before a certain age, and these are all things that I believe God wants to see happen in our lives but when, we're, when we allow ourselves to build our foundation on these things, if none of them happen, where are you going to be at? It's a weak foundation. Proverbs 15 verse 16 says this, it's better to have little with fear for the Lord than to have great treasure and inner turmoil. A little while later in Proverbs 16 verse 8, it says it's better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. God has called us to be... Uh, Kingdom cultured Christ minded people on earth, and that's how that's where we ground ourselves. The healthy finances and the wealth is that house that's built on top of the secure foundation that is Jesus. That not many people will see. He's called us to be fruitful. He's called us to be successful. Um, but don't go chasing the house when you're not grounded with a solid foundation. Where is our foundation? And lastly, uh, I'll, I'll end with this, Caitlin, if I can get you up. I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants to minister to us tonight in, in, in a couple ways. But um, the last thing, I'll just kind of touch on this one, is the ministry ability that we have or ministry opportunities that we get. Um, these are like opportunities, the ability to share testimonies, you know, when we're, when we're doing good evangelism, what we do for God and the progression of our walk. Um, when I first got married, we had we had so many people inviting me and Vanessa internationally and into different churches. For the first year of our marriage, it's like, oh, is this what our marriage is gonna look like? This is incredible. We're so successful in God. We're doing amazing. God must be so proud of us, blah, 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 blah. The second year was pretty much dry and zero. And how humbling can that be if you've built your foundation on what you can do for God and, and the fruit on your life and, and, and the effectiveness that you, you, you bring to this kingdom. This, is a, this, this scripture blew me away when I, when I saw this. Proverbs 10 verse 25 says this. When the whirlwind passes, the wicked are no more, but the righteous are secure forever. When the tough things come, you'll see the wicked people be swept away. When the tough things come, you know what? There are people... That they, they're obsessed with getting to the pulpit and getting a microphone. There are people that are being recognized for ministry, being invited places. And then when they miss out on that opportunity, they're gone. There are people that are begging to be on certain leadership teams. They're, they're, they're begging to get out onto the street and be in the mission, whatever it is. And then when they miss out on that opportunity, all of a sudden it's as if that, that desire is gone. And the question is, what was that desire built on? Was it built on, are we doing things out of love for a good God, or are we doing things for ourselves because we wanna be noticed? Is there something on us that we need to be seen? It's a pride thing. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 11 says, no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We can sing, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm when we are built on that foundation. No matter what whirlwind comes our way. So the sand. Does your peace and sanity come from bills paid on time, family life in order, having a house, getting into the right uni when you're not fighting with your partner? The true test that you were built on the rock is that when those things are removed, are you still standing? For me, as a pastor... This is something I had to meet. Me and Sal have been talking over because um, we we're, 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 were employed as pastors at this church and we were just talking about if we're no longer paid for what we do, do we still believe we're called to, to be doing this? If the, if the money dried up, are we, still, are we still paid to be doing this? If I don't have people encouraging me about the words that I preach anymore, is this still good enough for me to spend time doing? <laughs> is it all for God? Here's the wildest thought and this is going to rock you in your seats. Dad asked me this once. If you were the only believer left on this planet, if every single other person on this planet fell away, you look around in this room, every single person in this room, fallen away. Every person on the planet, fallen away. There is no Christian movement anymore. There is no church for you to go to. If every person on this planet fell away, would you still believe? Is your faith built on the sand of other people's beliefs? Or the rock of revelation, the rock of the revelation of Christ, the hope of glory. If my dad fell away, I could probably say that would shake me. If if big people in my life started to fall away, and I know it's happened to the church a a little while ago. Someone, um, what's his name? The guy, the worship leader from Hillsong. Marty Sampson. Marty Sampson's on his own journey, and he's fallen away. He's kind of denied. Um, to church and God and it's shaken a lot of people and 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 this is my question to you if if I fell away the person that's preaching the word to you tonight would you still be convinced of this one truth that Jesus is alive that he defeated death that he came here he paid the price 2,000 years ago and you you believe that heaven awaits you is it founded on a foundation of something that you have with Jesus or is it founded on other people? Is it founded on having a good life? Is it founded on a healthy body? Is it founded on Him providing you with great finances and protecting you? Is it founded on Him planting you in a great church? I don't know about you, but I'm having to check myself every single day. I'm having to check myself when we don't have enough volunteers to, 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 have to make a ministry work. I'm having to check myself when, when I get home and I'm like, God's inviting me to go to this place or this place and I, we don't have the money. We're having to check ourselves every single moment of every single day. And I'm like, God, please take me to a place where I can be in surrender and know that you've got it all under control. And there's a scripture in the Bible that says that we should not lean on our own understanding. But we lean and we cast all things on him. And I just want us to all stand in this moment. Because there's a song I've asked Caitlin to just sing over us. If you know it, you can sing along, but I just feel like freedom comes when we let go and, and the cliche saying, let go and let God. <laughs> freedom comes when we, we come back and we build our life on the King, the timeless King, the good God. So right now, I, just, I want us to confess this. If it's, a, it's an easy lyric, it's a super easy lyric. It's a super easy lyric, but let's just confess this in faith. And say, you know what, God? I lean not on my own understanding. My life is in the hands of the maker of heaven. Yes. And That's who we're praising tonight. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you lead us? I
1: lean not on my own understanding. My life is in the hands of the maker of heaven. I lead not on my own understanding my life is in the hands Allow him to bring peace in this moment of the of I lead not on my own understanding my life is in the hands of the maker of heaven
0: to yours. Be blessed.